Hi, it's Phil Brown, and I'm here with David Whelan, and today we're going to talk about man-in-the-middle attacks. Man-in-the-middle attacks are really tricky uh, because you often have no idea that they're happening. Uh, the idea really is that you take on some role, you try and get to a website, you send an email, something of that nature. So you do it just the same way you would normally do it. Uh, and then the man in the middle intercepts whatever you send or whatever click you uh, send or your, your username or your password that you type in. Uh, and then they extract it from the flow, and then it continues on to where it was going in the first place. So you don't really know that anything has happened to your transmission. The email still arrives where it's supposed to. You arrive at the right website that you're supposed to. Uh, but in the whole process, someone is intercepting everything that you're sending, and then also everything you're receiving, uh, and is pulling it out of the stream. So nothing is really happening on your computer that you'd be able to notice. Right. Uh, and it's funny because man in the middle actually sounds pretty invasive, and it is. But uh, some of the better-known um, mobile platforms, uh, Nokia, Amazon's Fire, uh, uh, has a Silk browser. And some of these browsers, in order to become really, really fast and optimized for the mobile web, are essentially doing a man-in-the-middle attack on every web page you visit, not to extract anything, but in order to optimize and speed up and cache all of the information that you're sending backwards and forwards. So that sort of thing is happening uh, on some devices by default. And particularly vulnerable uh, if you're using uh, a public Wi-Fi connection. Right, yes. Anytime you get away from your uh, home or your office network and, your, and a, what are called trusted connections where there's uh, good security and maybe you've got it attached so that it only allows your phone or your laptop to connect to it, um, you're in risk of uh, some really interesting attacks, all of which have very cool names. So let's talk about sidejacking. Yeah, sidejacking is neat. Sidejacking is also known as session jacking. Uh, and what it allows someone to do is to be monitoring all of the things that you're doing in a session with your web browser. Uh, and a, a web browser session typically has you arrive at a website. The website will then download uh, a piece of software onto your computer called a cookie. Uh, and the cookie will often hold information about your preferences for that website, perhaps your username. Um, and then that cookie uh, is intercepted and sidejacked. Uh, by the person who's listening, uh, the man in the middle. Right. So there are good cookies and bad cookies. That's right. You should always eat the healthy cookies, not the uh, the chocolate chip ones. Now, pretty much every website you go to has some sort of a, a cookie interface with you and your browsing. Right. It's incredible, really, how many cookies are being saved onto your uh, device uh, when you go there. So there's, there's an awful lot that can be grabbed there. The other thing that's often happening uh, with a man in the middle attack is sniffing. Um, and I have to throw this in because there's an interesting open source tool called Snort. So someone may use Snort to sniff packets that are going past um, from your device. And a, a packet is a little piece of information. When the Internet was developed, rather than sending huge chunks of information slowly over the web, um, everything you send, an email, a voicemail, uh, a web page, uh, your username and password is all broken up into little chunks. And those chunks are called packets. And so as they are sent across the web, uh, those packets are sniffed like a dog sniffing a scent. And as, as it goes by, they sniff and they inhale it and pull it out of the stream. And, and that's they grab all the packets that you're sending. So they can really grab, if they're watching you closely on a public Wi-Fi, for example, they can grab all of the packets that belong to a particular document or email uh, and then potentially put them all back together. Right. Uh, and steal all of your clients' potentially confidential information. Right. Yes, it, uh, it really is tricky. tricky. Uh, public Wi-Fi, hotels, courthouses, um, any place that you can log on and you don't control the network, you should be uh, concerned about people being able to get in the middle uh, because they not, may not be securing their network as, as well as you do at your office. So the last cool label we'll talk about is the evil twin. 
Yes, yeah, so Evil Twin, and uh, you've been playing around with one called uh, the <laughs> Wi-Fi Pineapple. But uh, it's really interesting because uh, when you connect to a public Wi-Fi that is inv- using an Evil Twin, the Evil Twin is made up to look just like the public Wi-Fi. So you think you're sitting down in Starbucks and cl- connecting to a Bell Canada hotspot, and you've got the logo and the little button that says, I, I agree to the terms, and you click it and you go on. Um, and you have no idea that it, that's actually on the evil twin. Right. You're still using their network. Right. You're just going through the man in the middle. Right. And the man in the middle, uh, when in this case, it could be a little box that's attached to the wall. It could be someone who's actually sitting in the uh, coffee shop or the courthouse with you and, and is monitoring the communications. Um, but it can also be entirely automated. And so someone may have set it up uh, days or months before uh, and then just goes back and downloads whatever it's captured and looks for things like the word password or the word username uh, and it looks for information that can be uh, can be grabbed. One of the things man the middle attacks are used for most is to basically get all your, your passwords and logins from various uh, sessions. Right. Yes. Uh, so if your uh, device and you don't even need to be logging in really, if your device, uh, your laptop or your desktop is uh, connected to a box account and it's automatically synchronizing every couple of minutes or it's checking uh, to make sure that there's nothing to synchronize. Uh, it may be sending information uh, backwards and forwards that is susceptible to being grabbed. So it's not even a matter of you doing anything proactively that puts your information at risk. It, it could actually be happening in the background between apps and things that you've set up in the past. So the best way to avoid the sidejacking, sniffing evil twin? It's really, uh, you've got two choices. One is to use a VPN, a virtual private network, and that's usually a little app that you can put on your phone or tablet or on your laptop. Um, and when you, you have to connect to the, the public Wi-Fi, that first uh, um, step where you uh, click the I agree to the terms button or whatever it is, which may or may not be an evil twin at that point, but then you start up your VPN app, and the VPN uh, creates an enclosed encrypted pipe between you and the other end of the virtual private network. And so even if you're going across an evil twin, the encryption that surrounds, uh, sort of like the hard shell of an M&M, surrounds your connection and blocks out the ability of the the man in the middle to see what's going on inside the VPN. And the second way? Is a remote desktop, um, also known as RDP. You may be familiar with the app LogMeIn Ignition uh, or GoToMyPC. Um, and there are free uh, downloads you can get for um, phones and tablets that will do the same thing. But essentially, you're opening up a desktop on the remote computer you're getting to. And so that connection itself is encrypted and you're working on that that computer. So you're not really sending information across uh, the connection at all. But even if you were to do that or cut and paste something across, it's still going across an encrypted connection. Right. I'm going to toss out a few more. There's the uh, your personal hotspot, which you can... Uh purchase from uh, one of the internet providers, uh, Rogers or Bell or any of those companies. Uh, it's a secure uh, setup you can use uh, over uh, 3G or 4G. And that's as an alternate to uh, using your phone, isn't it? I mean, it's almost like a little uh, network device, the only reason of which is to transmit backward and forth. Secure data. Okay. Right. And then the other method, which you've just mentioned or alluded to, is the uh, is tethering your phone uh, to your computer. So you're, you're using your... 3G or 4G uh, capabilities of your phone, and uh, and that's not going to be vulnerable to a man-in-the-middle attack. Right. And if you're sending confidential information uh, related to your law firm, tethering or a, a portable, uh, um, what did you call them? 
uh, the hotspot. A portable hotspot is probably the best way because then you're you're certain that you're not going over Wi-Fi. You're sending it across your data plan. You need to have a good data plan if you're sending a lot of uh, information. But it's really it's one of the best ways. And tethering seems to be now very common on both Android and iPhones. It, it and it's very simple to set up for people. Uh, the only thing I'd say is is what you've just said, which is watch the data plans. It it doesn't uh, it doesn't hurt to boost your data plan quite quite a bit. Uh, spend the extra twenty or thirty dollars. Uh, and get a lot more security. And if you haven't secured your home Wi-Fi, make sure you do because your home Wi-Fi can be just as susceptible to a man in the middle as uh, Wi-Fi out, out in the wild. That's our look at man in the middle attacks. Thanks, David. Thanks, Phil.